I do my best to live a healthy lifestyle. I try to get out there, work out, break a sweat when possible. I'm not necessarily a fitness or a, a wellness freak, but I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier every single day, which is where Sun Warrior comes into play for me. It is a plant-based, eco-friendly, performance-boosting, all things brand that I want to talk about. And it's their active nutrition line that is something that I've been messing around with over the course of the past couple of months. And it's really working out for me because with protein, creatine, pre-workout and hydration, these products are designed to optimize your performance. And I'm always up for optimizing any aspect of my life, even boosting my own energy reserves or being more hydrated after a long day in the gym or on the golf course. It really does turbocharge my recovery. It's something that I really take seriously and it's real nutrition for real life. So go check out sunwarrior.com and use code FIRST. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's memorial, an event that can only be described as very, very beautiful. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, hello. Hello. What's going on, gang? That was uh, that was a good one. Yeah, I had no, way, no idea which way it was going to go for a lot of the afternoon. Quite fun indeed. Kyle Porter is here. Kyle, hi. What up? Uh, I thought Shuffler, Patrick. I thought it was going to be Shuffler. I kept, I kept saying it. I kept. I, I think one of y'all said like he's one short. He's one short, and he was. I think it was maybe you, Patrick. But it was a, it was a very, it was kind of a weird week, but it was a very exciting Sunday. So I, I'm, I'm loving it. Fired up for the next couple of weeks, uh, especially the U.S. Open at LACC. Yeah, absolutely. So we entered uh, this Sunday with a logjam of golfers, uh, basically a record number of guys within a couple shots at the top of the leaderboard. There was movement all afternoon long, but we're going to start with the playoff. The playoff of one Victor Hovland and Denny McCarthy. And uh, KP, to even get to this spot, Denny really uh, played well played confidently, got a little bit lucky, made the putts he needed to make, and forced this thing into extra holes. Okay, so, yes, all that's true. A couple things. One, he, he – he, and I would love to hear Mark's take on this because he was there with him, but he seemed like kind of I'm the – he was like in I'm the man mode. Like just nothing was getting to him. He, he wasn't real. I mean, he wasn't hitting great shots, but he wasn't blowing it off the planet. And it, I, I was kind of impressed by that. Like, it was kind of cool to watch. It, it, he almost fit in with these other kind of strange winners that we've had at Memorial that we talked about, like David Lingmurth and William McGurd and, and some of these other guys. But the thing that I was ultimately thinking about, Rick, is guys like Denny McCarthy don't get a lot of rips at winning Memorials, winning one of the eight you know, strongest fields of the year in major championship like conditions. He made everything and he still didn't win. I, I felt I, Victor winning was awesome and I'm fired up for his summer, but you also kind of felt for Denny McCarthy because you know, Victor's going to win a bunch over the course of his career. Denny McCarthy might not. 
17 holes, Patrick. He played a three under the bogey on 18 to force the playoff. Now, as, as Kyle mentioned, he had a couple of long par putts in there that kind of salvaged the round. He hit one. I think it was on 15 where he yanks it left into the trees. It kicks out into the fairway. He lays up. He dumps the layup into the front bunker, and he ends up rolling in a 13-foot uh, par putt to, to keep himself in this. So it, it was very much the ceiling week for Denny. But, hey, he's been brewing. He's been playing great golf. Yeah, it really started to get scratchy there on 11, the first par five when he kind of uh, played some army golf up that fairway, made par, and then made a really uh, sick par along of 12 as well. And then for me, it, it was the uh, – I think we said in our Slack, you know, this thing might be over when he hit it to five feet below the hole on, on 13 on 13. And that sucker just zipped across it. That moved so much for a five foot putt. Um, and then from there, he had the case of the left with the tee shot. Uh, you saw it there on the par five. You saw it there on 18. He overcompensated in the playoff. And when you're not hitting that fairway, it's really tough. And he doesn't really have the strength like Victor Hovland. I mean, Hovland's got forearms like Popeye. Uh, <laughs> Denny, unfortunately, does not. Uh, but this is, I think Denny McCarthy, he he said to Mark after uh, that he, he loves these more difficult conditions. I think we forget, like, he was kind of in with a chance, you know, very outside chance at the U.S. Open at the country club. I think he shot like five under on Sunday there. Uh, could have easily posted a number and he was when he was coming up I know a lot about Denny because he's from my area he beat me in a nine-hole match once uh, in high school only one up so there's some respect there and mutual, he was talking to mutual respect he, yeah I, I introduced myself to him at the Wells Fargo last year he didn't remember me um, but <laughs> wait when, he's from where you're from or you're where he's from uh let's see He's from where I'm from. Sure. Yeah. That. The older, the, the older, more accomplished guy is where you're from, not the other way around. Yep, exactly. Um, I won a high school tournament at his country club, funny enough. But uh, he was always talked in the same light as like a Spieth and a Thomas. I mean, he's a two-time All-American. He played on the Walker Cup, U.S. Junior Ryder Cup, Porter Cup. He was sick coming up. And then you kind of just – go come to the PGA tour. And I always say like a lot of these guys just mature at different ages. And I feel like he's added a lot of uh, he's using the ground much more effectively to create speed and he's gained a lot of distance. And with it, uh, you know, these re results are coming. So I, I was really impressed, but kind of like you said, Kyle, it's just a bummer for him. It, it was, it was, he got the breaks. He made the putts. Everything was lining up for a Denny McCarthy victory. And then, Vic just holds one on 17 and it's like, uh Oh, uh, yeah. I don't think he's going to win it anymore. Uh, potential, potential writer cupper, Denny McCarthy. I saw who tweeted that today. Someone, did. uh, Joel Beal, man. Um, he, I love, he, go ahead. Okay. So two things. One, he's number 32 on data golf in the world, which is not good enough to be in the top 12 on the U S team, but it's, it's not, I mean, he's not like 132nd. And two, he kind of he kind of seems like he wants the ball. Like he he was I don't know. I, I mean, it would have to be the right fit, the right setup, whatever. But I, I was just, I don't know. Some guys get in that situation and they run away from it. He wanted the ball. And uh, I was impressed by that. I, I thought it was I thought it was fun to watch. He's uh he's played well in the elevated events as well this year. We'll see how the rest of it. Uh, rest of the season goes the path to the playoff for Victor Hovland included uh, that birdie on 17 and really it was the three hole stretch all week long here KP uh, Victor played the final three holes at two under in aggregate for the week uh, if he would have played them to field average he would have he would have played him at four and a half strokes over par so those 12 holes the final three holes over four rounds he gained six and a half shots to the field that gets him into a playoff that he is eventually spoiler alert going to win. Yeah. He, he, he even said that to, <laughs> to Jack Nicholas at the end, he was like, yeah, 17 easy hole. i played it in two under, which only, was only birdie of the day today, which was, yeah, it was a sick birdie. It was very tongue in cheek, but it was, it was Victor's low key, like really funny. Uh, 
Oh, Rose just hit it tight on six. What I think we're on sixteen. There's a lot going on today. Um, yeah, it was it was super impressive. Those last three holes. I mean, that's kind of why I kept saying like Scheffler's going to win. Scheffler's going to win because you had the last three holes coming, and you knew McCarthy wasn't going to get it through there unscathed. He almost made double at the last, and Victor playing them in one under. I mean, that's like just a just shooting up the leaderboard, right? Even j- just because of like how um, how difficult it is to to play those last three. So. Super impressive. Um, I'm trying to think of what he did on. Oh, even 18. He shouldn't have made par on 18 after that tee shot, and he did. And uh, I just i I thought the way he he closed was was pretty awesome. Uh, Victor Hovland makes a four on the first playoff hole, sudden death, and captures victory, which Patrick is uh, by far the biggest win of his career. We have said on this podcast, you know, we've been waiting for the Victor flagship victory. Go win something big. Go win something big on American soil. Uh, He checks off those boxes here this week. I, th- I think I called him Dr. Doolittle after his last win when he had the uh, is that a, a chameleon for Mayakoba? Is that the trophy? <laughs> and I guess I technically, I, technically I think that still plays since he won the Golden Bears uh, tournament. So we're, we're still going to roll with it, at least for now. But it, it's a long time coming. I mean, this guy has been in contention the last three major championships. He was in the final group at the Open with Rory at St. Andrews. I don't think it really gets bigger than that. And maybe the only thing that might is facing the best major championship performer of the last decade. And he did that pretty damn well for 15 holes there at Oak Hill. So, yeah, uh, I think it's just crazy to me that all these great players, and I know Victor's gotten a lot better with the short game stuff. He really has. I think kind of the sticky high rough around greens, that's where you kind of need to target him if you're looking for him to have a good week or whatnot, but so many of these guys have like deficiencies, like glaring deficiencies. And you could say Victor Hovland's a top five player in the world at the moment. And two of them are like potentially could be lost in like one aspect of their game. It's just extremely fascinating to me. I thought it was fascinating, KP, that that Victor finally kind of addressed what we've been talking about a little bit on this pod. Uh, <laughs> he Amanda, did. Amanda Renner of of like, yeah, I've probably been a hair too aggressive in the past, and I don't need to take on every flag stick, especially at a place where seven under par gets you into a playoff. And that kind of mental adjustment of aggressive swings at conservative targets seems to have unlocked a different side of things here. Yeah, it, it was funny because Trevor Immelman right after that said, uh, you know, he was looking at the data and and saw that he didn't have to rip at every pin. And you're like, he like we could have just like he could have just listened to the first cut podcast and known that like there was data is always necessary. It was actually not necessary in, in this specific instance. But I we hear this over and over again, right, Rick? Where I remember Max Homa talking about how you get out on tour and you're like, Oh, I have to be perfect for 72 holes and guys don't. Tr- and I, and I understand why, cause you get out there and you watch Rory hit and you watch um, Rom hit and you watch guys just com- Bryson hit and guys just DJ compress the ball. And you're like, well, I can't do that. And that's true. But there's a, there's a le- there's an element of trust. We've talked about this with Rory at majors. There's an element of trust of saying like, Hey, I can't hit it like that. I've got some deficiencies. I'm going to make bogeys, but I trust that at the end of 72 holes, my game is good enough to be there. And I think that Hovland has, I think he's, it seems like, you know this better than I do. It seems like he's put in the work to the point where he just trusts that that work is like good enough that at the end of the week, he's going to be one of the top three or four guys. Right. And I think that, I think that's really it's a really important lesson for other pros and it's one that if you learn it when you have the skill set that Victor Hovland has it's kind of scary because he wins a lot like he's won 8% or 7% of his starts 8 of 110 OWGR starts he's won which is just a a tremendous winning percentage and so 
if if he's now that he's like got that confidence, I I just I think he could win a lot more over the next several years. Well, let's talk about the work side of things, Patrick, because we'll zo- we'll zoom out a little bit here, right? And at the start of 2023, Victor was not happy with the state of his game, which I thought was bizarre because he was coming off the win at the Hero World Challenge and he was already a four-time PGA Tour winner, but he was he was not happy. And he starts working with Joe Mayo. Every time we've been out at an event in the last six months, he is the last guy to leave the driving range at night. It feels like that every single week. And you started to see the metrics turn around, the around the green stuff, the ball striking got even more and more elite. I mean, th- this is him like just putting in work to make the, the worst stuff of his game better and the best stuff of his game even more deadly. Yeah, when... When I hear players like trying to address deficiencies in their game, my first thought goes, will his strengths fall off at all? You know, you, you yeah. think about a golf swing, like spinning plates, do you focus too much on this one? This one falls off and crashes. And it hasn't been like that at all. And it's been, I think what I'm most impressed about Victor is his short game is there at the biggest stage. Like he still has some poor weeks, like no doubt about that, but, it's not at the PGA championship. It's not this week at Memorial. Uh, he played well at the players championship as well. He, Arnold Palmer invitational as well. Uh, so like these more difficult setups where pars a great score. It's firm out there. Uh, you're going to miss greens. He's still uh, like performing to his peak, which I think is very impressive. It's almost kind of like Colin Morikawa, not so much lately, but when Colin has a great putting week, he always matches it up with, a fantastic like iron week it seems like and that's that's why he was rattle uh able to rattle off all those wins uh very early in his career and I, i'm kind of getting the same sense about victor in his short game the it's gonna win the u.s open too okay so so the natural the natural conversation kp right is like you don't get away with winning the memorial without being like well all right now let's talk about major championships i mean he's put himself in the mix at major championships right three basically final group three in a row yeah oh and now we're gonna go to la i mean th- this is it doesn't feel the same as like a xander shawfley of like what have you done or a patrick Can- i should say probably like patrick Cantlay in terms of like what have you done at major championships because he has been in the mix but now the conversation is in- inevitably going to turn to like let's start the clock on victor winning majors yeah i don't know if it's a he's done enough to for it not to be like a start the clock situation and i think that <clears throat> I would actually love to hear your insight on this, Rick, because like I said, you you know him better than than Patrick and I do, but he seems like just kind of a gamer. Like he kind of seems like kind of the stuff we said about Danny McCarthy, but with a lot more uh, like a lot a higher skill level from T to green. And he kind of seems like he wants the ball. He's not really scared. I mean, I, I we walked with him forever at Oak Hill, and it was like he, he wasn't really like scared of Brooks Kepka, you know, in ways that some other guys are. So I just I'm interested about your like, like just curious about your insight there. Yeah, so I have a I have a couple of things, and and I think that um, he definitely is way more of a killer than other people are like that, that he gets presented as, which is great. Like if, if I was his PR person, I'd be like, that's awesome. He's like the nice guy who's always got the Norwegian smile on his face, but de- underneath he's like a low key killer. And like, he wants to stomp you. Like he just wants to stomp you and he's quick to congratulate and quick to smile, but like then go to the range and, and kind of stew about it a little bit and, and get back to work. Um, so I, I don't think that that gets shown as much. The other thing is, and this will sound like an ad for for Joe Mayo, but like working with Joe Mayo, who is a character of his own, this guy should have a, a TV show, is something I think that's very liberating for Victor. Um, you know, when I saw them at Riviera and I walked with them in a practice round, that was the first time I met Joe. And I, we were just kind of talking. I was like, well, like what, like, what do you see here? Like, what's going on? And he's so quick to be like, Victor's going to win multiple majors. Victor's going to win multiple majors. And he's this big gregarious guy who does all the talking in the relationship, all the talking in that relationship. And when he starts pumping your tires like that, I think it's easy to start believing it. And I think that Victor has been listening to Joe pump his tires and rightfully so. And it's like kind of in the same way that I think Ted Scott, Kyle, like 
like allows a lot of freedom into Scotty Scheffler's game that that this the constant Joe Mayo around um, kind of unlocks something as Victor. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because the, the, there's so many people. I forgot somebody said this recently. They were talking about how many people there are in golf that you've never heard of that have such an impact on all the things that we talk about a lot that we just they're just behind the scenes, right? And that's not anybody's fault. It's just part. It's just like it, it's like any uh, any job or corporation or industry like you see Jeff Bezos, but you don't see the 27 other executives that do things to make Jeff Bezos who Jeff Bezos is. Right. And I think that's sort of what I think of when I think of Victor. And it's interesting because I think one thing we don't talk enough about is the importance of of self-confidence and of trust. And even a, even a 10% tweak, a 5% tweak on something like that can be the difference in winning the memorial and you know finishing t7 every week so i i think that's uh that's good insight and i think it i i'm i'm coming out of oklahoma state i was i was team wolf in terms of who would have the better career i thought he was super dynamic he had a lot of rory to him and hovland has just endured like he's just been so consistent so steady and i could not be more excited about the rest of kind of how his career plays out Really, really good spot physically, really good spot mentally, obviously. Let's add um let's add another voice to the conversation, someone who is out there all uh all day long, all weekend long. We've got Mark Immelman here. Can we punch him in? Mark, good to see you. Hi, boys, what's going on? How how was your Sunday, Mark? <laughs> it was eventful. It felt like a major championship. I mean, goodness gracious. When you come to this golf course, you you think of you know, it's Jack's place and the examination is going to be stern. But what it was over the last couple of days felt like a U.S. Open. It felt like par was golden in many situations. It felt like no matter how well you were playing, there was always danger lurking around every turn. And if you missed a shot by just you know, sometimes a few inches, you could be on the wrong side of affairs. Like, you know, Saturday I had Cantley coming out there and I joined him on the sixth and he missed the fairway. He, he was one step from the intermediate cuts and he makes triple bogey because the rough was just so punitive. And then you could hit shots on the wrong sides of greens and three uh, two putting was difficult. And it, it was, it was the complete examination. And, and in the end, the guys that kind of played the most Jack Nicholas style golf, you know, playing cerebrally, hitting the ball in the right places, kind of taking your medicine when you did, they were the guys that ended up top the leaderboard. So it, it was, it, it was, it was a fun watch. I will, I will say that. And I mean, we're going to hot swap Kyle out of here in, in just a second. But before we do, I'll, I want to bounce this back to you, Mark, because we've we've spent a lot of time talking about Denny. We've spent a lot of time uh, talking about Victor. But you kind of had that perspective being out there with Denny all day. And, and and Kyle had mentioned, you know, it felt like he was he was up to the challenge for a lot of, if not the entirety of that event. He uh, there was at one stage because I was out there in the radio crew, the PGA Tour radio crew, Will Haskett's was covering him and, and Will's known Denny forever. And and when Denny stiffed one there on 14, it wasn't stiff. It was like five, six feet. I looked over at Will and I was like, is he going to do this? Mm-hmm. And Will's like, well, it looks like it. And then, um, you know, he hits that tee shot down 15. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And when the ball kicked off the tree back into play, I'm like, all right. You know, this is this sort of stuff has to happen for one to get their first win. And he made that unreal save out of the greenside bunker after the the wedge that sort of stalled in the wind. And then when he made par at 16, I'm like, here we go. And then once again, like I said, 18 just tweaks the drive just a touch. Just didn't fade, really. It started on line, bounds hard through the fairway, no chance, makes bogey, and then he's in a playoff, and then all bets are off. So, look, I was impressed at the way he played. He showed some real guts today. Yeah, the, I, my, my, my impressions of Denny McCarthy – went from just a good putter and, and sort of a guy who will contend once in a while on tour to looking at him when I talked to him afterwards, because I could see how much it meant. I could see the emotions and his voice quivering. And, and, and I was like, okay, this is a guy who's not playing for money. This is a guy who's got a whole lot of moxie about him. And, and he went up in my estimations in a big way. 
Yeah, I love that. Shooters, shooters certainly shoot. Denny McCarthy had himself uh, an awesome week despite uh, not coming away with a trophy. I got to bounce around a little bit here, and I want to talk about Scotty Scheffler before I got to get uh, KP out of here because it was the round of the day by three shots, and it was something, Kyle, that uh, we knew was coming. So hit it, Josh. Scheffler's going to he's going to do this again, isn't he? He's going to finish like T7. Yeah, and he's well. First of all, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be at seven under, and he'll bogey eighteen and shoot <laughs> T six. Yeah, T eight or whatever. That no, 60, 67 and yeah, yeah, yes, that's exactly what's gonna happen. First, sure. like I, I wish I could bet on that specific yeah. thing. What a call by Rick! Easy, what game. a call! Easy game, because because that's the way <laughs> that's the way Scotty breaks your heart. That's the way he does it. I mean, I, 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 I had such a hard time trying to get these numbers across to people who like some people just shut off when they hear strokes gain and I get it. I understand it. it it's, it's like, I, I don't, we got to come up with a better way, Rick, to tell people, like to explain to people what's happening here because Sheffler was twice as good as the fourth best guy in the best, one of the best fields of the year from T to green. That can't happen. He gained 21 strokes from tee to green and like, I think 12 overall, which it also can't happen. <laughs> Spieth was fourth best in the, or Rom was second best. He gained 11.4 from tee to green. So he was almost twice as good as Rom, who was the second best player in the field. Spieth was, uh, Siwoo was third and Spieth was fourth at 10.3. It, it's just, uh, Denny McCarthy had 14 putts made over 10 feet. Scotty Scheffler, Zero. I mean, it, it, it's it's he should he should have won the last three events. He should have won PGA. He should have won Colonial, and he should have won this week. Uh, it was a good day for the for the strokes gain nerds, myself included, where where Scotty goes out and loses, you know, eight and a half strokes putting gains, nearly twenty one from T to green. I, I mean, we talked about it before. There, like, if you gain fifteen or sixteen strokes from T to green, it's like a guaranteed win, and and. To lose this many strokes, I think John Rollins was the last one who or had the best finish for a guy who lost eight and a half strokes to the field, and that was like a T26. This that, is uh, putting, right? Yeah, sorry. Eight, eight and a half strokes putting, yeah. And and this is Scotty Scheffler being one shot out of a playoff. At the Memorial. At the Memorial. He lost, He's he lost, lost 19 to Denny on the green. <laughs> yeah. So if Denny putted for Scotty, uh, that combined golfer would have won by 18 strokes. <laughs> D- Denny w- made it would be like made he made 38 more eight footers, correct? 30, yes, right. That's that is that is making 38 more eight footers. <laughs> that's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. I mean, it really is. Somebody mentioned it might have been Trevor that mentioned VJ Singh, uh, or maybe it was Justin Ray on Twitter. I don't know. So, so but that's the it's VJ Singh. I mean, that's what it is. And uh, VJ Singh had a pretty baller career. So I'm I'm excited about Scotty, even though the numbers are just getting kind of comical at this point. All right, I'll get Kyle out here on this because he mentioned VJ Singh. So if you look at the biggest differences between the strokes gain T to green numbers and the strokes gain putting numbers. So previous to today, the most in the last 15 years was Joseph Bramlett gaining sure. from T to green, losing 9.7 with the player. So it's 22 strokes of difference. One guy has had a differential of 20 strokes or more and won the event. It was VJ Singh, 2008. WGC Bridgestone Akron. Yeah. Gained 16 from T degree and lost four and a half with the putter, a 21 stroke difference. And uh, Scotty's was 28. Oh yeah. 29 shattered it. Yeah. Tw- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mark, Mark, do you see anything with the putter or anything? Cause you were spot on about the, the bunker play too. That kind yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. That was bit. a great call. Uh, you know, you can bugger, you can boggle your mind at these ball striking numbers and stuff, but I'm a bit concerned right now, and I'm concerned because we can all fawn over the ball striking numbers, but that means zilch when it comes to him assembling the resume that he should be assembling, given the way he hits it. Like VJ's in the Hall of Fame right now, Scotty has one major, 
Now, if it keeps going on like this, I, I, you, you've got to make putts to win majors. I've said this time and time again. And it's not just a trend right now. This has become a thing, the bad putting. And he said last week, he goes, I was hitting ball, you know, good putts and the hole's just shrinking. And he actually used the word, the hole is shrinking in size to me. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound good. And he goes, but I was hitting putts and the ball just, the hole kept dodging the ball and sort of laughed it off. But when you start missing, that hole starts looking small. And when it starts looking small, the next thing you start believing that I can't do this. And then that stuff starts to filter through the bag. And it speaks to how strong mentally he is right now that he can out hit this putter because it's becoming laughable. I mean, you, you can actually watch situations now where your flag's in there six feet. And I would be prepared to bet he was likely to miss the thing. So now where do you go? Is it the green reading or is it the putting stroke? And, and so now he doesn't have the luxury of time away from the thing to go, okay, I'm going to go and try and figure this thing out. I mean, we're right back at it with a major championship in less than what, 10 days or whatever it is away here. So mm -hmm. I, I'm a little concerned for Scotty Scheffler because he doesn't need the money. He certainly doesn't need the top fives or the top 12s. I mean, everyone's like he's, he's tied Tiger with consecutive top 12s. I'm like, well, great. Well, what does that really add up to um, except for money? So, so I, I, I'm concerned for Scotty right now because this is now becoming a thing. It's not a trend anymore, and I'd, I'd love to see him figure it out or at least start to make headway because uh, you guys could probably point out the numbers here. To me, the numbers are almost regressing from where they were the last couple, three weeks, and, and that is also concerning to me. Uh, that is correct. They are regressing. It is now 16 straight top 12 finishes for Scotty Scheffler. And we're going to continue this conversation, but I got to get Kyle out of here. So, Kyle, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. I remain very unconcerned for Scotty. He might win like the next five events. Uh, on the record, unconcerned. He is at Kyle Porter CBS. He will be gone after this quick word from our partners. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of colors starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like stearns and foster temper pedic purple and beauty rest black with 60 month special financing only at ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details and we're back. Thank you guys there for uh, bearing with me. We had to do a little bit of a, a, a wild uh, first segment. Let's reset a little bit here. And Patrick, speaking of levels of concern, uh, let me take your temperature on one Colin Morikawa who withdrew from the golf tournament before even getting underway, which to my recollection, and I will look this up, I believe this is the first WD we've gotten from Colin in a during a tournament. And it was due to back spasms. We saw a video of him kind of warming up on the range or at least trying to warm up on the range. But imagine um, the level of concern he felt when you are two shots behind the leader at the memorial and you say, not good enough to go. 
I, I believe he hit, and Mark, you can correct me since you're out there. He hit like a nine iron on the range that went like 90 yards, and he was just like, uh-uh, it's not happening today. So very smart of him. And these were spasms. I know uh, during the Olympics, he stra strained a muscle on his back during the first round there, and it kind of carried over into the 2021 FedEx Cup playoffs where he didn't play well. Um, so, I mean, how are you not concerned with the U.S. Open? in two weeks. I mean, the back for golfers is not a joke at all. I don't care what it is with the back, just having some issue one way or another. I'm not sounding the alarm or anything, but I would say like a six out of 10. There's just there's, above a five. There's two things I don't like, Mark. I'm hundred percent in line with Patrick. I don't like backs, backs, wrists, that, that, that type of deal. Not good for golfers. And I don't like spasms because you can't control it. You don't know when they're coming and they're debilitating. Any joint is bad. When I walked up to him on the range, just to say hello, because I was sort of preparing, we didn't know who my assignment was going to be. I mean, my producer said to me, All right, Denny penultimate group, but things are fluid here right now. So, you know, you might go with Colin, you might go with Victor. We don't know right now. So I went out there just to do a little reconnaissance and I watched him make one swing and I turned around to say hello and he actually looked gray. I mean, his face was etched with pain really. And I was like, so I sort of left him alone. I walked off and went and spoke with Denny a bit. And then my brother Trevor looks over to me and he goes, Colin's just withdrawn. And I was like, oh, geez, now that makes a lot of sense because he just didn't look well. I thought maybe he was ill to his stomach or something. Um, but yeah, the, the, the back is a concern. Apparently he tweaked it what was hurting in the warm-up in the uh, trailer before even hitting balls in the ranch. So this was something that was done in the stretch regimen or, or the workout, whatever it was. I, I don't know for sure, but I know it happened then. So, yeah, it's concerning. Um, but I also look at this and go, you know, these guys, when you're playing under pressure, your body goes through it. Rick, you know, I mean, you were out there at the PGA Championship and you sent me a picture of your whoop readings where like all in the red eye. <laughs> so we, you and I are just talking about a game. These guys are living it. And so they're under all this pressure and stuff and it takes its toll on the body. And there, it's been a hectic run of golf. I mean, we've basically had three major championships in the PGA in terms of toughness, Colonial, which was freaking diabolical over the weekend, and then this place. And so that just grinds one to one's core. And so I'm not surprised that somebody's on breaking down and stuff right now. So I, I sort of go back to what Denny McCarthy said to me pre-round. He goes, you know, I hated to miss the cut at the Colonial, but it was actually not a bad deal. He goes, because that place was okay, rounds one and two, but over three and four, it was just a grind. And he goes, and if I had to grind there for another two rounds for 50th, I don't think that would have been worthwhile. So he had the weekend off and came in here a bit more fresh, which I thought was, you know, pretty savvy. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit concerning for Colin too, but this is, you know, it's been a long season so far and there's still a whole lot of golf left. So uh, um, I think creative calendar planning is going to be a thing over the next few weeks. Yeah, not sure how many guys are 100% right now, and you're starting to you're starting to see a grueling schedule, which we've talked about, um, maybe start to take its toll a little bit. Rory McIlroy, uh, another guy who's played a lot of golf here, Patrick, in the last handful of months. It was a Sunday 75 out of the final group for Rory, four birdies, seven bogeys. Um, I Saw some good, saw a lot more bad, didn't really take advantage of the par fives, uh, made bogey on, on seven and five. How how would you assess Rory's Sunday? Uh, the wedge play was abysmal. Oof. It was it was really bad. And both those sixes on the front nine were poor wedge shots. Uh, so kind of carried into the second one. He missed a, a fair share left. I'm not quite sure what he's trying to do from that yardage, whether he's, it seems like sometimes he's like trying to shape a shot instead of just picking a target and swinging to it, uh, which I personally don't like with a short club or short iron in hand as much. And yeah, I mean, he came into it. He won five out of the last six uh, PGA tour tournaments when he was in the final pair in the final round. And like, even when it got bad, it's tough to drop shots on both par fives on the front, but he still had a chance there. And, and then the wheels kind of really came off there towards the end. I know it's a really difficult stretch of the golf course, but uh, 
it was somewhat disappointing. It's been a really strange year for Rory. There's not a lot of, I guess, energy. It feels like coming off from him. He always like emits energy. It feels like uh, when he's playing his best golf. And even though he's shown up at a few designated events, like the API, uh, this tournament match play, and he played well at the PGA championship. uh, It it just seems a little mundane or lacking, just lacking energy really. Two, two, two observations that I had, Mark one, one of Patrick's and, and one of my own. He, I saw Rory McIlroy hitting balls that come down from literally space with how high he hits these things. And he could barely get the ball to stop still taking a big, I mean, it just, just crazy stuff out there on the greens, but to Patrick's observation, a lot of wedges in hand, a lot of misses left. We saw the frustration building uh, as the round went on and he could not seem to make the adjustment in round. Yeah, well, it's hard. And you guys have heard me speak about this as a golf instructor before where someone's making a change with their technique and then you're having to do it under the under pressure and then you're doing it under the pressure of the final group and you're doing it under the pressure of the final group in a golf course like this where, you know, the margins are so very fine. And, and when I talked with him on the range, we talked at length yesterday um, in his warm-up and he was telling me about technique and he's kind of like a kid when it comes to that stuff and was telling me about the training aids he was using and how... It's helping him to get the arms and the club in front so the club's in a better place at the top of the swing. And at his speed, I think that's paramount because with the arms a bit deeper in the club behind him, when, when he unwound, he was hitting that two-sided, that block option hook shot. And today, I think it just kind of caught up with him where it's sort of there because, look, both days he flushed it in the warm-up. I mean, my goodness gracious, when I watched him hit on, on, on uh, Saturday, I actually looked at Harry Diamond and I was like, hey, Harry, you remember Vegas? Um, at the Summit Club. And he looked at me and he sort of goes, yeah. And I'm like, remember Thursday morning when I watched Rory warm up and I said, this is as good as I've seen it and I think he's going to play well. And he goes, yeah, I do. He won that week. And I was like, yeah, he won that week. And uh, I was seeing some of the same stuff. But again, when you're sort of playing halfway in, halfway out, and you're not completely there with a belief and you're doubting yourself a little bit and then you get an uncomfortable win with a high-pressure shot, it shows you up quickly. And that, I guess that's the point I was trying to make with Scotty. You know, like when when he's going to have six feet left to right downhill for par to sort of stay in it in a few weeks' time, and that hole looks tiny, he, he's not stacking the odds in his favor. And so right now for Rory, he needs a little more running time. I think next week in Canada playing is a good idea because he can just continue to, to challenge the technique, the change he's making with a backswing under pressure because that's the ultimate barometer for where a golf swing or a putting stroke is. It's one thing to do it in practice. It's another to do it under the gun. And, and, and right today, to me, the pressure caught up with him a little too much. Yeah. And, and to Mark's 10 rounds of competitive golf under his. We really just haven't. Mark, I think you, someone like Rory McIlroy kind of play through it, see how the body feels, see how the nerves feel. And then go from there. Yeah. Well, no rest for the weary. Uh, as Mark mentioned, right back at it next week, defending his title. And then obviously we'll be playing in LA at the U S open. All right. I'm just going to open this up a lot. A lot happened. Uh, there was a lot of movement. Uh, anything else regarding the Memorial? Just give you a couple of quick nuggets here. Jordan Spieth got done early, shot a 71. That ended up being good for T5. Uh, Ricky Fowler got himself another top 10, uh, T9, thanks to a, a Sunday 72. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, anything else that we should probably talk through here? Yeah, I, I just want to say this. Um, and this is not an anti live thing, it, it really isn't. No, I'm serious. I've got to preface it that way because some of the haters listening to this are going to be like, yeah, Immelman goes again, the PGA Tours boy. That, the crowd showed up en masse today. I mean, they were 10 deep at places there, and they were having a ball, and they were out there you know, cheering for good shots, applauding you know, success, and, and the vibe out there was incredible. And again, I get back to, because it's competition, right? And these guys, are they're putting themselves out there uh, just to most of them fail. There's one successful guy this week. The rest of them have all failed, right? They've come short. 
And, and to talk with Danny McCarthy afterwards and to see a grown man almost crying because he finished runner-up. Look, that's career-changing money he's made today in this Desi, right? And he's and he was three through everything out there. And I was like, this is what these guys compete for. And and it was it's such a great event. Fans were there, great golf course. You know, who knows how long we'll still have Jack Nicholas with us. He's a freaking treasure. I mean, the stories he would tell us in commercial breaks were awesome. So, I mean, what a week and 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 what another great week in terms of what these designated events do. Yeah, I love it. Sorry, Patrick. I'll, I'll add a couple things. Uh, one, Jordan Speed's driving the ball like a stallion. I saw that. That's, uh, I mean, he drove it great at the PGA, drove it great this week. Yeah. Uh, both tough driving test. And I know Ricky Fowler kind of – dropped a few shots coming in like everyone else did. But I, I think this is a good thing. I, he has a ton of top 20 finishes this year, but hasn't really sniffed contention. It's been a lot of just just like 50-15, T-17 type deals uh, outside the Zozo uh, championship. So I think this is going to serve him well moving forward. I think he... Uh, I think... Uh, for the end of the year, he enters the winner's circle. And I think uh, it's because of his experience today. Sixth off the tee for Jordan Spieth. Ricky Fowler was 17th off the tee, 15th on approach, 23rd around the green, and a zero with the putter. Uh, a well-rounded great week for Ricky. One quick thing about Jordan and the driver. He is hitting it long as well, okay? It's not just straight. These things are getting bludgeoned. And, and I'm looking at this guy, for real? I mean, he's got ball speeds there in the north of the top, 100 to 178 miles an hour. I mean, that's elite. So he's not the Jordan just spray on the golf course anymore. These things are long and straight, so it bodes well for him. I have tried to um, wait out the Rose Zhang outcome, but this is like a seven-hour round that we are in the midst of. So, so we'll see. If she makes par on 18, she, she wins this thing. We'll see how it how it plays out. We'll recap our best bets and we'll add some digits to the one and done. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. Rose Zhang making her professional debut here, Patrick, uh, is has a one-shot lead. She is in the fairway bunker on 18. Uh, I feel like she has been standing by her golf ball for 20 minutes. This is a very, very slow round of golf. But if she can make par from here, which she has just struck a fairway bunker shot, it seems pretty solid. It is just short of the green. If she can get up and down from there, uh, she will have a 100% winning record as a professional. <laughs> I, and I, I believe she becomes the first to win in debut in 70 nice years 1951 i believe was the last time i saw that it's uh it's a potential well not potential it's a it's a maybe once in a lifetime type of player generational type player just given what she accomplished at the amateur level which was mind-boggling uh i mean she's in the same conversation as tiger woods she beat tiger's record when it came to uh, wins at Stanford as well, first to win back-to-back -back NCAA championships, has all the the big amateur championships uh, on her mantle as well. So is it surprising that she might win? I don't want to mush her uh, in her professional debut. 
I don't really think so. I mean, just these kids, we see it all the time on the PGA Tour. These guys come out, and they're ready to win, a lot of them. Uh, and Rosang, just, uh, I know uh, the Athletic had a great uh, profile on her. Brandon Quinn, I think. Uh, and it was just like outlining the toughness she's gotten from her parents and everything like that. So it, it's awesome. I, it, it can only help the game. And I am, I will say I was a little disappointed that LPGA like weren't like pushing this more on like socials and everything. Like you go to their website and Roseang wasn't even the headline last night, um, which I thought was kind of a miss on their end. She would be the first to make her pro debut on the LPGA tour since 1951 when Beverly Hansen did it. Mark, were you, were you covering that event? <laughs> I nearly cussed at you, Rick. I'm not <laughs> I got gray hair, but no. Um, I will say this. Roseang is, she is complete. I've never watched her play, but I've, I make a point of watching her on TV whenever I can. And everything she does is just so thoroughly professional. Uh, she, she plays her game in the best way because she looks like she's adequately long, but you never see her, you know, swinging herself for, like off her feet to the fences and stuff. She plays her game so well, and to come out all this all this herald when she was coming out, everyone all these big expectations, and just to go about her business. She didn't kill it in the first round. She just positioned herself and positioned herself, and just kept chipping away. And it's the one thing Tiger Woods, you made the comparison, Patrick, that he always did so well. Everyone knew he was the most talented, and everyone knew that the more time you gave the guy, the more he just was going to lurk around the place and eventually win. And she was do she's doing the same thing this week. Just kind of put shots upon shots upon shots because at the end of 72 holes, she's going to be atop the leaderboard. And um, what a testament to her mentally and emotionally. And and look, I'm, I'm a fan in a big way. I'm a big fan of Lydia Ko because of what she did as a young person because I understand how hard it is to compete when you've got you know, hormones and stuff surging through your body as an adolescent. And, and she was dominant back then. And I feel like Rose Zhang could be kind of Lydia part two with a little more maturity about her. Uh, Rose Zhang has just uh, hit her chip on 18. It dries up about, I'll call it six feet short. So she's got about a six footer for par and the victory. Uh, so she's going, if she misses, she's going in a playoff, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, life was dandy right now. She's fine. Life is dandy. She would get Jennifer Cupcho in a playoff. So I'll keep you updated there. We can run through these uh, best bets real quick. We got some good and some bad. We swept the matchups. All four winners here. Justin Saw over Adam Svensson. Siwoo Kim over Wyndham Clark. Shane Lowry over Tom Kim. And Adam Scott over Sung J.M. I believe that is the first time we have gotten a clean sweep. Mark? Wait a second. Did Justin So not finish in the top 40? So, Mark Immelman, let me recap. Are you serious? Never early call, Mark. Mark Immelman. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's see. Oh, my goodness. Friday night when Justin Suh was the leader of the memorial. Oh, we have so many groups. We have so many different group chats. Mark victory lapped early. Texted. <laughs> Texted the group and said, and I quote, my Justin Suh top 40 bet is looking pretty good. And what he did is he gave it a kiss of death because Justin Suh shot a uh, 77 on Saturday and a 79 on Sunday to finish T41. Oh, no, you're kidding. You're not T41. <laughs> T41. Oh, that sucks. Terrible. <sighs> Got to learn that lesson eventually. All gamblers do. Just, uh, just whenever you're ready to press send on a Friday, just don't. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, we you say did the same thing to Kyle with his tweets. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Denny McCarthy, top 20 for me, plus 330. Did much better than that, obviously, but that'll cash. And then our best bets were atrocious. So we got them all right in the matchup department, all wrong for – uh, Ryan Fox, top 40, Taylor Montgomery to miss the cut, Xander, top 20, and Chris John Bezayden to be the low South African. Who was the low South African? Oh, Higo was T30. Yeah, it was. Well, they, they were the only two to make the cut. That was Higo. Yeah, Higo, Higo beat him by a shot. Tell, so, me, tell, tell me one. Yeah, one. Oh, shit. I'm tough in a bad week. Mood, I'm in tough a bad week, mood. Mark. 
Uh, tough week. Not as tough. So Rose is uh, she's prowling her her putt right now. She's reading it. She's she is wow. Okay, she You're is. Uh, on the one and done results. Go. She's plumb bobbing. When's the last time you seen somebody plumb bob? I told you she was mature. It's what us old people do. Yeah, JB Holmes was the last guy I saw plumb bob. Um, all right, one and done. So this kind of stinks for you and I, Patrick. We're, we we get. We get nada for Colin Morikawa and his WD, despite being two shots off. Wasn't Victor two shots off the lead? Like Colin could have won this thing. I want, I want, uh, no, nah, I don't care, but we're going to get nothing for it. Hey, Rick, weren't yeah. you in second place just a few weeks ago and crowing like a, a bantam hen? <laughs> <laughs> what you just said, crowing like a, a bag of ham? A, a bantam hen. hen. Don't you know oh. what those things are? Come on. You're, you've got a good lexicon. You're a writer. Go and read that. Phantom hen. Okay. I'll add it. I'll have to add it. Zhang burns the edge. She will tap it in for bogey, and she is headed to a playoff. So we will not get a resolution. <laughs> it looks It looks like you were celebrating. No, I was not. Uh, Patrick, yes, it is true. I was in second place just a few weeks ago. Uh, it has not been a good run for me. It has not been a good run for you. We stink. Yeah, uh, I, I've compared this to a sinking ship uh, the past month or so. I, I don't think I've I don't think I've made money in three straight weeks now, which is never good considering one was a major and one was a Desi. And like Titanic, my favorite favorite uh, film. Rose is letting go of me. She's on the door. I'm Leonardo DiCaprio. I know very very humble of myself. I'm I'm sinking to the dark abyss. I'm frozen. See you later. It was a, it was a great season, guys. Uh, I'm gonna try out some new tactics, some new play calls upcoming. Just kind of working towards next season, really. See hey, what uh, the guys like in the playbook and whatnot. We need to start a first cut hashtag. Hashtag pray for Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all those all those prayers were answered for Ted Scott. Remember when pray for Ted Scott was constantly yeah, yeah. ending. <laughs> Those prayers have been answered. Uh, Kyle Porter and Mark both had Ricky Fowler. They win the week. It gets them officially $545,000. It's actually a tie. Kyle M also had Matt Fitzpatrick who got five forty-five. So uh, another good week for you, Mark. You uh, extend over everybody except Kyle M, and you are bearing down on $16 million. Wow. That would have won last year too. <laughs> Winning, winning turtle last year, I think I was on 13 at the end of the season. Golly. Yeah, well, uh, Big J has gotten us some bigger purses for the one and done this year. God bless Jay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Who else have I? Oh, Terrell Hatton, 410000 for Sia. And John Rahm for Greg, 275000 there. So the current standings, Mark at 15.9, Kyle M at 14.4. The fans, congratulations. You guys had Xander, uh, 13.2. I'm at 12.7. C is at 10.9. Greg's at 9.6. Kyle's at 8.1. Patrick's at <laughs> $6.8 million. You know what I really liked about the one and done this week? Was I managed to get past with a decent finish, and I kept Marikawa, who I was thinking about using. I kept Adam Scott, who I was thinking about using. And Adeki, I've held him too. So now I, I, it's an embarrassment of riches now over the last few weeks. Yes, we're very proud of you. So, Mark, <laughs> you'll probably get a kick out of this. So, between Markawa, Spieth, Rory, uh, and I want to say Cantlay, I've I've gotten like two hundred k. Look, in the golf swing, timing is important. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. Uh, Hideki, I had Hideki in a big one and done. That would have just been just so good. If he, I mean, just something like top six, man. Come on. Yeah. Kill him. It's, like, it's like my Justin son. <laughs> yeah, seriously. They both went in the wrong direction. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, next week, Canada, Rory going for the three Pete. Uh, and then we will be in LA for the US Open. We'll be back Monday for uh, DFS, Tuesday for the Mega Preview Pod, round by round recaps along the way. Big thanks, producer Josh, does all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman available on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman, Patrick McDonald at Amateur Status. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.